Will Baker here, president of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, on our continuing podcast series, Turning the Tide, Saving the Chesapeake Bay. And it's a great honor of mine and a pleasure to have Bill Portlock with us today. I'm sitting in CBF's headquarters office in Annapolis, and Bill is in his boat on the Rappahannock River, tied up to a dead tree. Is that right, Bill? That's correct. A red maple that fell off the cliff. A red maple that fell off the cliff. Bill Portlock has worked for CBF for many, many years. He's a senior educator, an award-winning nature photographer. He's gotten so many awards. One that was the most prestigious is the Thomas Jefferson Medal for Outstanding Contributions to Natural Science Education. He received that from the Virginia Museum of Natural History in 2005. Bill, we've used your images for years and years. They're all over our materials. We're so lucky to have you, and you are an educator of the highest order, having taught students and teachers for many, many years. So I'm, I'm glad you could join us, but I'm not happy with what we're going to have to talk about. Uh, Bill, tell us where you are and what you're looking at in terms of that natural area, and then I'll tell a little bit about what might be uh, in store for it if we aren't successful. I will. Well, thank you very much for that uh, generous introduction. I'm pleased to be on here. Um, I'm uh, about 20 feet uh, from shore, tied up to a maple, as uh, we just said, uh, along the Rappahannock River, about 50 miles upstream from the Chesapeake Bay. It's tidal fresh here. There's wild rice growing in a marsh adjacent across the river from Bones Cliffs. Uh, today, we've got goldenrod and sumac are showing their, their fall uh, colors. Um, eagles are flying. A pair actually just came out of the cliffs. One picked up a catfish. Another came behind it. And uh, they're uh, just overhead now in a tree. Did, did you have a conversation with those eagles, Bill? I, I think you speak <laughs> eagle. <laughs> I was trying to be a good listener. They were, uh, they were vocalizing. Uh, the one... Uh, the second bird was the young of the year, probably. It was all brown, and uh, they're still begging food from the parents, so uh, they were having at it. I was just uh, an observer. So there you are, and the, the property you're looking at is known as Phones, F-O-N-E-S, Cliff. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, Phones is a spectacular uh, landscape feature. Uh, the cliffs rise 50 to 100 feet above the water uh, of the Rappahannock River, um, the cliffs look like sandstone, but they, in fact, are a very crumbly sediment of uh, diatomaceous earth, such as the skeletons of diatoms uh, from an ocean that was here three million years ago. But also there's silt, there's clay, and these cliffs that are vertical uh, tend to erode. There are cliff faces um, where... Uh, uh, you can see no vegetation, the, the trees have fallen into the water. Uh, but it's a spectacular place, particularly for bald eagles. Um, this is not just a site that has uh, eight or nine, uh, I think last year there were nine nests in these cliffs, and they extend for only about four miles of the river. But it's a place where bald eagles concentrate. Uh, young of the young that are not reproducing, adults that are uh, here from the north or the south in migration, use these cliffs, and, and eagles can number in the hundreds at certain times of the year. 
And this is in Richmond County, as you said, on the Rappahannock. It's actually nowhere near the city of Richmond, what, probably 50 or 60 miles from the city? That's correct. Yeah. And it's slated for a very large, very intense development. Now, Richmond County is extraordinarily rural. It has a low tax base. It obviously wants to grow to increase its tax base. But this development that the owners are talking about is just simply off the charts in terms of the scale of development and the impact it would have on this magnificent forested, uh, just extraordinarily important site in terms of the health and well-being of the Rappahannock River. That's exactly right, Will. Um, real estate agents in the county have told us they aren't selling extravagantly expensive homes. And this really looks like a development for uh, that's unrealistic, and it's certainly in the wrong place. Uh, to put um, over uh, 500 townhouses, 200 single-family homes, a, a lodge uh, in the middle of a bald eagle con- concentration zone that may be the most important area east of the Mississippi in all of North America uh, as an unprotected site. It's, uh, it's incredibly valuable. And for more than just for eagles, it's uh, also an important river for spawning fish and migrating uh, other migrating species. And, and Bill, this sort of broad tract of forested land on the edge of such a productive river has numerous uh, natural benefits that would be lost if it were developed. Is that right? Oh, certainly. Um, beyond the, the the view and and the you know place where uh, people can see uh, the abundant wildlife. Um, the marshes are uh, wonderful at filtering out pollutants and provide habitat. Uh, wonderful species uh, use that area, and the uh, the cliffs themselves provide uh, a lot of important habitat. You know, I, I, I tend to think of these areas around the Bay Watershed as, as recharge zones for water quality. They really are fabulously beneficial in terms of their ability to filter runoff, to provide habitat. And once you develop them, once you make impervious hardened surfaces, rooftops, things like that, you'll, you'll never get back that uh, natural ability of the property, do, will you? That's exactly right, Will. Uh, to, to take a tree out or a forest, uh, there will be regeneration over decades. But to build uh, a, an area with impervious surfaces, uh, you'll never have that habitat again. It'll be lost forever. And, of course, with, you know, as you say, 700-plus houses, an 18-hole golf course, a uh, large uh, meeting room and lodge, that's also going to require a lot of people coming and going, upgrading roads, things like that. So often we talk to developers and they seem to represent that their development is simply the what happens within the confines of their property, but it really goes beyond that. And so tell us a little bit about what you have seen on the Rappahannock over the years and any changes or how it has stayed the same. Well, as you know, Will, I've worked on this river for 27 years, teaching teachers um, every year 
about the river and the ecology of the Chesapeake Bay. Um, the river appears to be very clear uh, and, and clean, but in fact, you can't see sunlight penetrate much up past two feet. So it's very murky. It's turbid or the opposite of clarity. Uh, and that's from erosion. That's simple sediment, which is a big pollutant of the day. We need to keep the soil on the land, and development will allow more erosion, certainly, um, even with the best practices of trying to control it. Uh, nutrients coming off a golf course are not going to help any body of water uh, try to become more clear. Uh, algae will be a, a problem. Uh, and it's a problem on the Rappahannock. Uh, down river, uh, we have uh, a problem with the dead zone. Uh, the lower 20 miles of the Rappahannock is dead every summer uh, due to excess nutrients. And those nutrients come from upstream. They come from above Fredericksburg, certainly, and into the Piedmont. But development along this tidal stretch, uh, 50 miles up the bay, will also have negative effects on water quality. Bill, you've been around the Rappahannock for, for many, many years. You know Richmond County. What are people saying? Who's, who, well, t t tell us about both we, those uh, who are concerned, but also those who might be supportive. Yes, there uh, have been a, a couple of, uh, at least few, meetings, uh, town meetings, to try to allow stu uh, citizens to speak to their concerns, and certainly traffic is, uh, sounds like one of them. Also, a resonating theme, I think, is the fact that the county's comprehensive plan, the, the future of the county, has this area in a conservation zone. And these developers, potential developers, are asking the county supervisors to change the zoning to make this a place of high use and high development. Uh, and many of the citizens that I've spoken with are concerned but feel they don't have a voice in this process. So the county has come together, as counties do around the watershed, looked at all of their assets, look at where they want development to occur and where they don't, and this particular property falls in a conservation zone. So right there you see that the county has not been planning for development here and yet the developer owner wants to get a waiver or rezoning and change what the county has come up with in the past do the county officials have some um some sort of uh, uh review process well october the 8th uh this year coming up soon um the uh there will be a hearing with the county supervisors when they are scheduled to vote yes or no on this development. And the that... planning commission, uh, going against the recommendation of the administrator and a study for the site that recommended denial of this rezoning permit, uh, the planning commission uh, decided to vote uh, for it instead of it, it, uh, accepting the proposal of the study. So the, uh, we'll see where the, where the vote is. It'll be a public hearing, and uh, the public is invited to speak. And that'll be on October 8th? Yes. On our website, cbf.org, you can search for phones, F-O-N-E-S, F-O-N-E-S, phones, cliffs. 
and there'll be more material on the website. There's actually a video of the property. I think you were up in a helicopter recently looking at it and taking photographs? Yes, I was. I mean, it'd take a moment to describe that I would uh, event. Give, <laughs> My give, first helicopter ride. <laughs> give us a sense uh, of what it, you saw. It was uh, spectacular. I was able to uh, fly over the cliffs, um, uh, photographing as we went. At one point, I asked the pilot of the helicopter if he could turn to allow me to have fun over my shoulder in order to get better lighting. And he turned the helicopter, so we were flying backwards and sideways along the cliff, uh, much like a migrating dragonfly might do. It was uh, uh, quite an experience. Oh, well, we're glad you're back on the ground. So a 1,000 acres, you know, to give you a sense, give our listeners a sense of what that is, a 1,000 acres is like 750 football fields. And is the entire site forested now, or is it 90%? Give a sense of that. Uh, close to 99% from uh, the photographs that I was able to get um, from the helicopter. There are immense deciduous forests. Those would be the oak hickory forests. Um, also, a couple of parcels um, that are pine trees that have been planted, they're uh, rejuvenating the forest. But it's largely an intact forest, which in eastern Virginia, to me, is remarkable in itself uh, to see that expanse uh, combined with a valuable natural resource like the Rappahannock River and the adjacent marsh uh, right across here. Well, you know, the the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, uh, our primary concern is water quality, its impact on the fisheries and the people who live around it. And while there are a tremendous number of reasons to be concerned about this development, this proposed development in terms of habitat, uh, uh, endangering the eagles, loss of forest cover, et cetera, et cetera, it, it really does also come down to water quality. We cannot simply keep developing large tracts of forested land and expect the water in that particular subwatershed to survive. Uh, we've damaged it a great deal already, and at some point we've got to say zoning sticks. We need to keep plans in place and to simply say we're going to change everything we've done in our county in terms of where we want growth and where we don't and allow a thousand acre site, uh, as you say, uh, the vast majority forested, you know, supporting bald eagles and other important species. It just, uh, it just doesn't seem to be the way we want to continue and if we think the bay is going to get better. So, Bill, anything else you would add for us at this time? Well, Will, I would encourage our listeners to get involved. Um, elected officials do listen to people, and uh, that's part of the good uh, part of our system. I would encourage people to become more familiar with this spectacular habitat and uh, and actually move uh, for water quality to make things you know clean clean water and uh, and habitat for we and certainly our future generations can enjoy the remoteness of a place like this. It still is a feeling of remoteness now. Well, Bill, thank you very much for all you do, and certainly thank you for bringing us up to date and up to speed and describing so well this wonderful resource known as Phones Cliffs. 
October 8th is the public hearing, Richmond County, Virginia. Uh, we hope everybody who's listening who would like to get involved will. Again, go on our website, cbf.org backslash phonescliff, F-O-N-E-S-C-L-I-F-F-S. Thanks very much. For Bill Portlock, this is Will Baker, cbf.org. Thank you. Thank you.